and welcome to my podcast, Where the Dark Corners Are. Hello, hello. My name is Vina, and I am your paranormal travel hostess for Where the Dark Corners Are. But tonight, I'm kind of still on the subject of Mommy Not So Dearest. And joining me tonight is Jamie. Yay! (laughs) And so tonight, for this special edition... We're actually going to talk again about mommies, not so dearest. Last week, we talked about Joan Crawford versus Christina Crawford. This time, we're going to go a little further, whereas Joan Crawford didn't actually kill anybody. Tonight, we're going to talk about this mommy, not so dearest, who was a prolific mother killer. I just, there's no other way to put it. So tonight, as our guest host, Jamie will be sharing all of her wonderful information regarding Mary Ann Cotton. Mary Ann Cotton. Mommy Not So Dearest. Mommy Not So Dearest. So tell us about Mary Ann. Mary Ann Cotton was an English serial killer from the 1800s. So she she was from England. From England, yes. Born as Mary Ann Robson on 1031 1982 whether that had anything to do with it or not born are on we Halloween. sure about 1982 i'm sorry 1882 <laughs> <laughs> sorry she was born in low morsley durham county in england um aka's as mary ann mowbray mary ann ward and mary ann robson as a few of her marriages down the road down the road yes she is believed to have had 21 victims in all, including three of her four husbands, 11 of her 13 children, Mm. a lover, a friend, and her own mother. So basically everyone around her. Basically, yes. For she had 13 children. Correct. So two survived. Okay. One husband survived and one of her lovers survived. Wow. Yes. I just find it hard to believe that... For as evil as she was, she managed to marry as frequently. But, I mean, she's bumping them off early. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, she actually managed to go quite a while without being caught or even have any suspicion from what I found. And the only thing really that led to that from my research is that apparently she moved around England a lot. So okay. different areas. So she was a like a gypsy mommy killer. Kind, yeah, pretty much. And, it, I mean, even the children... While they were living, or the ones that survived, doesn't appear that she had very much maternal instinct at all, because it appears that they were raised by other people. Right. Okay. Just a little background on her. Her father fell to his death in a mining shaft in um, 1842. And we're sure she was nowhere near that. Correct. 
He was um, actually worked in the mines. Okay. He fell down a shaft, 150 feet, I believe it was, at which time his wife and their children were evicted from because they lived in a miner's cabin, which was provided by the company. Right. So obviously the father wasn't there working anymore, so they were evicted from the cabin. The mother ended up remarrying another miner, but Mary left home at the age of 16 to become a nurse. However, she returned to her stepfather's home three years later and ended up training as a house, I mean, I'm sorry, a dressmaker. A dressmaker, okay. Yes. So her first marriage was to a coal mining foreman by the name of William Mowbray. That was in 1852. She is suspected to have had nine children with William. However, there's no official birth or death records for the first five because they're believed to have died at young ages. In 18? 1852. Yeah, so obviously, I mean, when I said 1982, obviously that was way out. She was born in, it looks like probably the early 1840s. So my question is, were they not keeping records of people's births back then, or is this just something I lost to time? I think it was just early in the records keeping? stage. Okay. Yes. So there's obviously some kind of record somewhere, because somewhere people believe that there were five other children. Right. There's just no official records. Okay. Anywhere. Maybe neighbors, somebody went back. Right. Talked to family members or, maybe or neighbors. Like a, maybe like a... Um, family Bible or something, maybe. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. So married to William, she, I said she's ex- suspected to have nine children with him. After moving frequently, the family settled in Hinden, Durham County, in 1856. William took out a life insurance policy covering himself and their three remaining children, so at this time, they've only got the three children. The others had died of gastric fever, which is a common ailment with symptoms similar to arsenic poisoning, according to the research. William died of an intestinal disorder in 1865, along with two of the other children um, dying soon after him. Mary received a reported 35 pounds, which apparently is equivalent to approximately 3,371 pounds in 2019. Okay. That was for William, and then she received an additional two-plus pounds for John Robert, which was one of the children. So the whole family's gone now. Um, one remaining daughter. Okay. Which um, the remaining daughter's name is Isabella, and she left her in the care of her mother. Oh, okay. Well, we all know how that ends. Exactly. <laughs> so the children that were recorded w- from this marriage were Margaret Jane, which um, lived from 1856 to 1860. Isabella, 1858, survived that marriage at least. Second Margaret Jane, there was a second daughter named Margaret Jane, 1861 to 1865, and John Robert William, 1863 to 1864. And with the exception of Isabella, they all... Correct, along with the other five potential children. Who probably met the same gastrointestine... That would be my guess from the research that I found. Okay. So husband number two, after William is gone, is John uh, George Ward... He was a patient, actually, at a Sunderland infirmary where Mary worked as a nurse. Okay, so, so eventually she becomes a nurse because she left to become a nurse. Correct. Only so ended she, up became a dressmaker. She, yeah, she when she returned home, she became a dressmaker, but apparently she had gone through the training for to be a nurse because she ended up working at the Sunderland infirmary, which is where she met husband number two, okay. who, was, who was a patient. And they were married in August of 1865. George apparently died the following year, and Mary reportedly collected money from another insurance policy. 
The official death record notes English cholera or typhoid. However, his attending doctor reported that although George has previously diagnosed with an ongoing illness, he was surprised at how quickly the death came. Okay. So even though he might have been potentially sick with something legitimate, right. he was topped off real fast. Correct. Okay. Yes. Like death was insured, basically. Exactly. No children from that marriage. Thank God. So husband number three was a widower by the name of James Robinson. Married him in 1867. Mary subsequently began working as a housekeeper for James Robinson. Weeks after Mary's arrival in the Robinson household, one of James's children died of gastric fever. Surprise, surprise. It like follows her. Right. Like Typhoon Mary. (laughs) (laughs) A year later, while Mary was visiting, Mary's mother also died. About a week after Mary's arrival, I guess the mother had been sick. Mary went to visit well, because of the uh, because of her mother being sick. The mother was actually on the mend, was getting better. However, I think it was nine days after Mary showed up, mom died. What a coincidence. Right. Mary then took Isabella back. The daughter. The daughter from the first marriage. And they went back to the Robinson home to live. In 1867, Isabella and two more of the Robinson's children or Robinson children, so n- all the children that passed away were not actually hers. Okay, Just so she... Trying to throw that out there. Okay. They were stepchildren involved, involved also. Okay. So Isabella and two more of Robinson's children died. Uh, Mary received over five pounds in insurance for Isabella. Mary and James had two children, one of which died as an infant. Um, James became suspicious of Mary, insisting on him opening a life insurance policy. And in 1869, he discovered that Mary was stealing from him. So he actually kicked her out and retained custody of their son, George. Okay. So the red light doesn't come on. Right. After her mother died. Right. After her own Isabel died. After two two husbands. Yes. Right. And two of his own children. Correct. Right. And then one of their combo kid, mm-hmm. it's not until the insurance right. that he thinks he's next. Right. And then he discovered that, I guess, she had actually stolen, I want to say it was like 60 pounds. And then there was an additional per, um, amount that she was supposedly had, was supposed to have put in, in the bank. And that came up missing. Now, the baby George... Stays with Daddy. The baby George stays with Daddy, and Isabella has died at this point. She died in February of 1868. Does he press any charges, or? He does not press any charges on any of the um, research I found. He just basically kicked her out. Kicked her to the curb. Kicked her to the curb. So, technically, she is still married to Robinson. Okay. After which, so in 1870, she is introduced to Frederick Cotton, which is the brother of a friend of hers. This must be the last husband because her name is Marianne Cotton. Correct. Correct. This is husband number four, though it is basically an illegal marriage because she is still married to James Robinson. Right. Mary, prior to meeting Frederick Cotton, Mary was homeless for a time, however, was introduced to Frederick from his sister, Margaret. Uh, Margaret had been living with Frederick, who I believe was also a widower, had lost his husband and I I think two children. Go ahead. Did he lose his wife? I'm sorry. Did I say husband? <laughs> yes. Lost his wife. Because I don't think it was legal back <laughs> no, then. No. Lost his wife and two children 
Margaret was actually, I believe, I don't know if she was living with him, but she was helping raise the two remaining children. So like a nanny. Right. Okay. So she introduces Mary to her brother. Amazingly enough, soon after that, Margaret died that same year of undetermined stomach ailment, leaving Mary to console Frederick, and she soon became pregnant with her 12th child. How convenient. Right. While married to Frederick, Mary learned of a previous lover, Joseph Natross, I believe, living close by and um, no longer married. So he's available now. Right. So Mary rekindled that relationship and convinced her family, basically Frederick, to move even closer to Joseph. And soon after that, Frederick and his two sons died at the end of 1871 of gastric fever. Mary again reportedly received an insurance payment. So she moves closer to her honey bunches of oats Mm -hmm. so that she can, what, have midnight trysts, come back? Um, assumably, yes. Okay. So, 12th child that was born to Mary and Frederick died within the year, 1871 to 1871, so he was still, a you know, infant. Right, not even a year old. Not even a year old. So now, Joseph Natross becomes Mary's lodger. However, Mary took up with John Quick Manning and later became pregnant with her 13th child, with lover number two. So, I just... I can't imagine this killing woman being, like, charming enough to seduce all these men. But, I mean, I don't know what the ratio of women to men were back in the the mid-1800s. Right. And it seems like a lot of the men, well, I guess not, at least two of the men were widowers who had young children, you know, so they were probably in search of someone to... Take care of the kids. And companionship. And companionship. Because they just, they're, you know, sad, maybe, potentially. Right. right. So now she's pregnant with thir- um, child number 13, who is John Quick Manning's lover, like I said, lover number two, while she is living with lover number one, Joseph Natross. She's got a lot of energy. <laughs> yeah, she definitely. <laughs> I mean, I'm I don't know ta- how she could keep it all straight. No, I don't. Yeah. And we're talking, you know, mid-1800s. There's no penicillin. So she's got like a disease with, by with you know, humping all these guys. Right, right. You know, she's spreading it like Nutella. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I just think, have you seen pictures of her? I've seen one picture in the research that, well, there was a couple pictures, but I think they were pretty close to the same. I don't know if they might have even been the same picture. Does um, she even look attractive? I guess maybe for standards back then. I don't know. I mean, oh, that's a, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And it is, you know, what's attractive in one region or right, country right. is definitely not right. necessarily attractive in another. I mean, and she looked like she, you know, was mel- well-maintained. She took care of herself. Well, she had to. Exactly, in order to keep up the facade. Right, and lure their, men's, right. their men and their eventual children to their death. Right. So... Okay, so go ahead, because I, I have a question. Okay. I have a question. So Joseph, lover number one that she was living with, died in 1872 and reportedly left his meager belongings to Mary. How convenient. Right. Um, John Quick Manning, who is the father of baby 13, um, never he was never married to Mary. Mary actually um, reportedly told a local official that she could not marry John 
because of her seven-year-old stepson, Charles Edward Cotton. So it wasn't her child, but it was the one of the remaining children from Frederick Cotton. Why, why would that be a factor? I mean, she... Um, I don't know. Apparently, she ended up with custody of this child and didn't have any... I don't know. Anyway. I wonder if there was something written in the will. However, she told the um, official that she had spoken to, I believe the official was from a parish, um, that she couldn't marry. However, she also added the comment that um, she would not be troubled for very long and that the boy would go like all the rest of the Cottons. Oh, so, so she said that? She said that to this official from so the parish. So she kind of made this kinda foreshadowing. Made, exactly. And I guess this was the last of the cotton boys. So this was the last remaining cotton. Okay. Um, this, pr- this statement proved to be her downfall after the boy died, which was five days later. How after convenient. the statement, right? The official notified the police and an examination ultimately revealed the presence of arsenic in his stomach. Okay. Authorities also exhumed the bodies of Joseph Natros and two other cotton children, all of which were determined to have been poisoned with arsenic. Mary was charged with the murder of Charles Edward Cotton. However, the trial was delayed due to her pregnancy. With the 13th child. With the 13th child. After the birth of her 13th child, Mary's trial began. It was on March 5th of 1873. Now, she didn't have access to this baby, correct? Um, it doesn't. The research I did did not actually speak to that, but I would assume that after the birth, the child was taken away. Well, I mean, she doesn't have access to arson in... Correct. Or in, arsenic. In the, in the jail, right? Arsenic, arson. Totally yeah, she was. <laughs> she was, yeah. Um, she was being held in the jail, so I'm assuming that... Um, I would assume, obviously, in today's world, the baby would have been removed right you know gone to a foster right but i mean that doesn't prevent smothering correct so the defense claimed that charles had breathed in the arsenic that was used as a dye in the wallpaper of the home which i did not i was not aware that that was even a thing um the jury returned just after 90 minutes with a guilty verdict and sentenced her to hang she was hung on 3-24-1873. However, her neck did not break, and she died of strangulation due to the rope being ripped too short, well. which they suspect may have been deliberate. You know. <laughs> <laughs> her people, her, her unfortunate victims, mm-hmm. ma- were suf- you know, suffered. Right. Why should uh, she not suffer? Why should her death be quick? Right. So Margaret Edith Quick Manning Cotton, baby number 13, Survived, obviously, because she her mother was no longer around. To kill her. Um, c- to kill her, 1873 to 1954. And the other surviving child was George Robinson, the one that um, Frederick Robinson retained custody of right. after he kicked her out. Um, his birth was 1869, and I did not find a death for him, but obviously he outlived his mother. Right, right. Um, also in my research, I discovered, and I haven't had a chance to actually look this up and, and actually watch it, but I'm kind of interested, is a 2015 filming began, uh, I'm sorry, filming began in 2015 of a two-part TV drama based on Mary Ann Cotton's life called The Dark Angel. Well, I wouldn't call her an angel. Well, no. Um, the first episode. The Dark Mother is more <laughs> like it. The first episode was broadcast in twenty sixth in October th- on October thirty first, twenty sixteen. So it would have been her birthday, right? Oh, and the second um, was on aired on eleven seven twenty sixteen. There was also a nursery rhyme 
um, that was comprised, which I actually had written the nursery rhyme, but I don't have it with me. I don't know what happened to it. But they found um, later, they found a portion of the nursery rhyme was discovered under layers of wallpaper in a house built the same year that she was hung. I'm not surprised. Ashes, ashes, we all fall down. Right. That's a nursery rhyme after, I think, the Black Plague. Right. Now, my question that I had earlier was actually, how, I I mean, they're all dying of arsenic poisoning. How, (laughs) it's not like there's a convenience store in every corner in the mid-1800s where arsenic is available. I mean, where is she getting the arsenic? I don't know. She had connections somewhere, apparently. I mean, I could kind of see maybe at the sanitarium or the hospital. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, she was wheeling and killing prior to that. So, I guess that's a bit of a mystery. But she did have nursing training prior to the murders. So, I mean, although she maybe wasn't working, maybe she still had access somehow through her nursing license or whatever they it was back then. Right. I mean, obviously, the knowledge of arsenic being poisonous was prevalent, obviously, mm-hmm. because she knew to use it. Right. And, uh, you know, p- put, the, put it in their food, you know, drink this tea, not that tea. Right. Uh, scenario or mince pie, whatever. And, it, and it's very telling, I think, that it only took 90 minutes for the jury to deliberate. And that was very interesting to me, actually. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not really a history buff. I'm not sure exactly when trial juries started, but, I mean, mid-1800s, that seems early to me to have jury trials. Well, that might be true, but I do know juries have a minimum of time that they have to... Deliberate. Correct. And it's an hour. Now... In America, right? It's it, they can't leave um, without uh, within sixty minutes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as someone who has dealt with this very similar situation with a, a fraud case that mm-hmm. I worked, they were back in like sixty-one minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, right? It was pretty obvious. So, to me, that's very telling about the evidence levied against her right and we're talking mid-1800s it's not like they were not like they were arguing over it it's pretty pretty apparent that it was unanimous correct yes correct but again the forensic behind it and and we're talking over 170 years ago well right. more or less right so I, it, it would ha- obviously have to have been very convincing mm-hmm. because i mean they didn't have csi units back then <laughs> And they had forensics at its beginning. At its beginning, correct, correct. And medicine, and forensics, and it's you know it's not even a thing, right? So I'm not even sure that they had fingerprints back then. I'm not sure. I, I don't. I would not say I'm acquainted with the history of forensics, right? But okay, so Mary Ann Cotton, definitely, I believe one of the um, top runners for world's worst mothers. Correct. Now, the daughter that survived never met her mother. Correct. Has she ever done a book or? Um, I believe her name was mentioned. There are, there are, I think there was at least one book. There's multiple songs that have been written 
I do believe there was at least one book, and I do believe, I don't know if she was the author, but she was involved somehow. Okay. Like, maybe she contributed some information. Right, right. And George? What about George? I mean... I'm not sure. Like I said, I couldn't even find a um, year of death for him, so I did. there was very little information about George. Okay. It just seems like, for one, back then we had pretty much one source of information, and that was the newspaper. If it wasn't in some sort of archive documented for a specific reason, it kind of wasn't real tangible information. But we have Google now. And, I mean, that should show <laughs> you how far in advance we've gotten. Right. But, again, even there's limits because, like you had mentioned earlier, there is no information on the first, what is believed to be first five children. Correct. So, and at this point, we're just guessing. But my assumption would be at some point in time, even someone curious, a, a reporter or a writer mm-hmm. for the London Times or whatever, right, uh, publication exists back then, might have gone back and talked to the neighbors. So, And that's the sad thing about you know history that isn't necessarily well-researched at the time. Because it's not, you know, it wouldn't be considered history, or maybe it is. I mean, to be a prolific killer and to be a mother on top of that, I mean, that to me is pretty substantial. If I was Correct. a writer in London Times. Well, and I would guess, like I said, again, I'm not a, I'm not a history buff to say, but um, I would guess that in the early, I mean, the mid to, you know, mid-1800s, there weren't a lot of women being hung. Exactly. You know, so... Right. They had their domestic spear, mm-hmm. which they were made to work, right. stay in. Right. And this is England. This is not America, because during the 1860s, we have obviously the Civil War and right. a far uh, great event going on that you know dominated the newspaper. Mm-hmm. Whereas in England, a mother killing 11 children? I mean, that to me is, even now would be considered, you know, something worth researching and uh, definitely delving into and exposing. So, yes, definitely, Mommy Not So Dearest this time around. Just wow. Wow. Wow is right. Yes. Yeah, I was, you know, as I was reading over this, I'm like, oh, my God, that's just, it's just, I just don't understand. And like I you know, like we said at the beginning, she moved around a lot, which is, I'm assuming, how she kept from getting, you know, but, I mean, 21 deaths. All from the same family. Same, well, mom, sa- dad, well, not dad, and same problem. You know, right? It's all stomach, intestinal issue. You know, you know. Here again, it is the mid eighteen hundreds. They don't have medicine, right? They don't have uh, penicillin. That's not going to happen for another hundred years. So, and people died. It's just mm-hmm. you know, an ear infection. Right. I think even killed a king. Right. So, I mean, something as simple as that to us. Mm -hmm. And the thing that kind of, I mean, again, kind of going back to the idea of I'm surprised there's not as much information. I mean, take, for example, Casey Anthony, the woman whose daughter disappeared, her, her adorable little daughter disappeared. And, I mean, the amount of press that this woman has received for the for the murder of one child, right. for the death of one child, right. this woman knocked out 21 people. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I'm a little surprised is all. Right. So, all right. 
that's what we have. Mommy not so dearest, Marianne Cotton. On to some business. Facebook, 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 Facebook. I have a Facebook page. If you are interested and would like to join where the dark corners are, send a request. However, in the meantime, if you have a place that you would someday like to see where their dark corners are or have a specific tourist attraction in mind or another evil mommy dearest out there, you could send me an email at where the dark corners are at gmail.com. Final thought to Jamie. There's a lot of evil out there that people don't even realize. Right. Exactly. All right. So until next time, please remember only the few can find the beauty in the darkness, which is why I hope to meet you where the dark corners are. <laughs> <laughs>